Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to be alive in God. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. So wonderful. The transformation that God does is by his resurrection power and life. Amen. And it's a wonderful life. Even before Jesus was raised from the dead, he was able to use the power of God for miraculous things. And he said, that's why he said, now that he's raised from the dead, greater works will we do. And, and he really means it. He means for us to do the greater works. And so I believe that this is part of what he's talking about is to get us empowered with his resurrection life and, and, uh, we're already sent to the world. We have permission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Uh, but just like he told them in the book of Acts, wait until you're endued with power from on high. So that's what we do. We we get the power and, and we allow that power to generate and regenerate us and direct us and everything. The power is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And uh, so we're going to talk more about that today as we get into the word. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. We can find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. And boy, do we ever need you. We need you more and more every day. And we're aware of it, Father. But we thank you that you are there to meet every single need, spoken, unspoken, known, and unknown. So we thank you for these opportunities, Lord, to receive from you. And we open our hearts and our minds to receive an infusion of the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Once again, in Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. Well, we welcome everybody. Welcome our visitors, first-time visitors. Miss Vicki, we know you from Saturday, but you got your Sunday on today. Hello. (laughs) but we thank you for bringing a visitor to us today so we just want to welcome you don't want to embarrass you just want to make sure you know you're welcome so praise god amen amen praise god did everybody fill out their sheet of paper all right let's get them done so okay so we're good amen little little housekeeping work we got to do here but anyway amen Praise God. Anybody that said no, that means two yeses for me. Anybody else with the two yeses? Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I always get Pastor Shirley's what she don't want. It's it's like a family tradition. You know, I was the the uh what you call human garbage can in the house. I ate everything. She would sit there and say, I don't like that. I said, get to me. <laughs> the more she didn't like, the fatter I got, and I was very happy about it. <laughs> but anyway, there's one in every family. There's got to be one. Praise God. Mikey. Amen. Remember him? He eat anything. <clears throat> but praise God. So our God is a great God. He is the great God. There's none like him. Never been, ever been, ever will be. He is the greatest, and so we're so thankful to God for this day, for what he's doing with the body of Christ, what he's doing for us individually, what he's doing to cause us to triumph over all things and to receive 
everything that our inheritance. Amen. That we leave nothing undone. We leave nothing um, uh, unreceived. I guess you could. That's a new word I made up. <laughs> you know, as they say, leave nothing on the table. Amen. Just clear everything. And it's a good thing to live that way. It's an appreciation that we have for what Jesus did for us. My goodness, he died a bloody, horrible death to provide for us. That was the payment that was required for you and for me. Amen. And he paid full price. Nothing goes on sale in God's kingdom. Amen. It's always full price. And so when we understand that, we can appreciate all that God has done for us. And then what is our response to it? To be obedient to the call, obedient to what he has appointed for us to do. So we're just real thankful for that. I'm thankful for the fact that God has given us the ability to understand and receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So in talking about resurrection power and life yesterday, we went over definitions of what it means to be raised. Amen. To be raised from the dead. A second a resurrection really refers to a second life. Amen. Uh, uh, when you live the first time, that's one life. And then you get to live again. Amen. And, and this life that we live is eternal life. So eternal doesn't mean it's off in the future somewhere. It just means it goes on forever. So we're in eternal life right now. And, and that's why it's good to to explore everything that this life has for us because we're not waiting on anything. I mean, if you're waiting to go to heaven for everything to be wonderful, and it will be, you know, you need to understand that there's wonderful in heaven that you can bring down here on earth for you to enjoy right now. Amen. So, so this is the wonderful life. You know, I know we all watch that movie. They would, wouldn't they shoot at? Christmas or New Year's or something, you know, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> but this is the wonderful life, amen, because God is in it, and he's the center of our lives, and he gives us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So so that's the wonderful part about it, amen. So when we talked about resurrection, we talked about the fact that this life does what we call quicken us, amen. So when we're quickened, we're like jolted into a new life. Amen. Now, everybody's had that surge of God's power in them. Amen. And you can find when you come up to the altar and and the minister lays hands on you, you get a surge of power then. Amen. So there's evidence there of a quickening. There's a life there. There's a life force there. And so what we do is study what this life force is all about. What, what does it do? What, what it, and, and a lot of the things of the supernatural of God are still mysteries, but there are things that are revealed. And, and what we do is we work to get the revelation and to apply it to our lives. Not just for the, the uh, fact of, um, collecting revelation and, and getting attention from, ooh, God, guess what God told me? And, you know, that kind of stuff. But how do we apply it to our lives? That's what we want to do. And how do we apply it to the ministry that God has left us? Amen. He says, go forth into all the world. That means us, me and you. And preach the gospel to every creature. If they're sick, lay hands on them. 
Amen. If if they're demonically possessed, you cast the devils out of them. Amen. And and use the authority of this resurrection life and power to help humanity. We're here to help people. You know, it's so often the church gets gets in a corner and starts just chatting and talking about stuff and condemning people and talking about this ain't right and that ain't right. We're supposed to use our our time. Listen, what we got inside of us changes everything. It changed you. It changed me. It changes everything. It'll change lives out there if we'll get the boldness and the confidence in us to let God send us somewhere. You know, we need to keep it in our hearts and keep it as a matter of prayer continually. God, show me who's the person, who's the next one, who's the one I'm supposed to lay hands on. You know, I noticed that God began to prepare us for this time that we're in now. Because I can remember going to the supermarket. I could pretty much ask anybody if they needed prayer and I could touch them. Now everybody got a mask on looking funny at you. and You know, and I don't mask. I, I walk in faith. Now that's not to condemn anybody who does. Just grow up, okay? That mask is your thing. You know, you, you do what you do. Amen. Now I'm not saying I would never wear one. There are certain conditions where as a former nurse, and I was never fired and I was never, I was acquitted of all charges. Okay, let's just put it that way. <laughs> no evidence. Drop the charges. But, uh, you know, I know how this stuff works. More than the average person who's out there saying, I'm following the science. <laughs> I said, you don't even know how to spell it. You can go to third grade. Third grade dropout, now they following the science all of a sudden. It break. I know. I try to be. It keeps everybody awake. Amen. <laughs> I'm anointed too, so that that's even better <laughs> by God to do what I do. But you know what I'm talking about. You you know it's it's a little hard to approach people now. You know, in the current climate. And I'm so thankful that God had us develop faith for special miracles. So I take prayer cloths everywhere I go now. It's amazing how many people will receive that. And in where, you know, sometimes we think, well, do they know the scripture? Do I have to preach a sermon to them to get them to understand what to do? I remember being in the uh, hotel, trying to think when this, this was when the pandemic first started, I think. I, I go up to Detroit regularly to our church up there. And when it first started, um, I was in a hotel and, and the girl who was at the front desk, I just looked at her and she was coughing and she was telling me some people were out and everything. And I said, well, when I come back down, I said, I have something for you. She said, okay. And when I took it out, uh, came back down and I showed it to her, I said, do you know what this is? I know exactly what it's for. See, she grabbed it. She put it on herself. She said, thank you very much. She said, I feel so much better about my job now. Because she got people running. Amen. People running in and out. See, God has pre-prepared people. I hope you all understand this, that you have a a position in God's kingdom where people are pre-prepared for what you're going to, how you're going to interact with them. 
The Bible says God has foreordained the good works that we walk in. In other words, it's already been prepared. It's it, You have an appointment with that person. Amen. To go ahead and, and minister to them and demonstrate so God can demonstrate his power. He's wanting us to step out and do these things so he can demonstrate. Amen. He doesn't want people sitting up wishing they were better and talking about how bad things are. And he's got people here. It's you and me. Amen. And others that he has called to get out and, and obey what he's telling us to do. Listen, everybody's scared. You know, there are times when I'll go up to people and I think, should I, shouldn't I, should. I mean, this the, it's like a, uh, you'd like a tennis match, you know, and you're the ball. It's like, bong, 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 should I, shouldn't I. And then you finally just swallow it and say, I'm going to do it. You know, the worst they can do is say, get lost. Amen. You got to learn this is not your ministry, so you have nothing to be embarrassed about. It's not your power. You know, the Holy Spirit knows how to take our um our feeble attempts or clumsy you know attempts at at ministry you know forget about how you look you know forget about being sophisticated and looking like you you're all powerful and everything you know forget about that because god will strip you of all dignity to get you down to where you live so he can use you he can't use you trying to be dignified and try to look like you know what you're doing because you don't. Amen. <laughs> you look like everybody else, somebody who's doing the best they can with what they got. But but it's up to God to heal people. We lay the hands, we obey God, and he confirms his word with signs following. So this, in order to to be successful at being obedient to God, we got to learn about the power and learn about the word and how this works and and how to put it together and everything. There were revelations that that Paul got from deep meditation. And and one of the, the greatest things he found was Christ in us, the hope of glory. <laughs> he now lives in us. Things we kind of take for granted now. Everybody knows when you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Amen. He's your helper. He's the one that God called to, to, to gird us, undergird us and help us and all of the things that we need. But, but, uh, you know, he, he planned for us to have the Holy Spirit to manifest his power. Amen. And, and learn how the Spirit and the Word agree. Learn how this this whole system works and once you learn it learn some more amen i am still learning and i'm grateful that god still wants to teach me amen i mean it's it's a blessing when he wakes you up and shows you something new it's a blessing when he tells you you know you know you've been trying to figure this out for the longest time and and now you're able to receive it now you're able to hear it amen and so, so these are good. Your life, you should never feel depressed, dull, bored, out of sorts. Keep your word. There's so much stuff in there. My goodness. And I'm not talking about the shopping trip. See, y'all go off the rails in a minute. I said, when I said getting the word, ever got, boy, 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 I didn't talk about that. I'm talking about getting the word so you can learn something. Edify your spirit, man. Let your spirit, she sit you down in that chair and point at you and talk to you. 
Amen. I remember when I was newly saved, I wasn't in a church. I couldn't go to church. I had phobias, couldn't go out the house. So God met me where I was. Now, after I got well enough to, I got well enough to sit in a service and and I was in church. Amen. But in the meantime, he knows how to reach you and how to teach you and how to feed you. Amen. And so that's where I was. And and I remember asking God, I said, God, I, I want to go to church, but I can't. And, you know, most of the churches I knew were dead anyway. You know, God knows what he's doing. He could have healed me in a day and I'd have been in church. Ow! Why does he take us down the road that he takes us on? He does it for his glory. His glory. And for our edification. Every church I knew laughed at the thought of divine healing and I needed to be healed. Amen? Why are you going to go to a place where people mock what you need? So God taught me from the word. And I asked him, I said, God, I said, I said, I need somebody to teach me. And he showed me a vision of somebody that I knew immediately was the Holy Spirit. And he showed me where, you know how in the, um, let's see, now y'all going to take this somewhere. I ain't supposed to go. But I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, in the schoolhouse, when I was in school, and it wasn't in the 30s either. Stop it. You know that little desk that had the arm thing on it? You slid in there, and if I got in there today, man, they'd have to call somebody, to call the fire department to get me out. But anyway, I was in one of them little chairs. And there was somebody that stood over me and pointed to me and kept telling me they they were like focused in my face and kept telling me this is this and pointing to my Bible. And this is and I said, Lord, that's my teacher. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. From that day forward, I never had any problem wondering about how I was going to learn the word. He adopted me as his student way back then, and I've been his student ever since. Amen. Now that is not to say that I've I've never been churched. I was it I was a regular in a church. I was a faithful member in a church until I get kicked out. <laughs> I'll cut it out. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourselves. That's why I don't put nobody out of here now. <laughs> if they leave, they leave under their own power. Whatever. Where was I? Y'all done went to meddling on me. I had to get that straightened out right there. But what? What? Oh yeah, the Holy Spirit, and He's your teacher too. Amen. The Bible says we have we have no need for a man to teach us. The unction teaches you. Amen. And the unction teaches you through a human vessel too. So that unction is what teaches us. The things of God. Amen. Amen. So you gotta, you gotta be obedient to God and you gotta get under authority and, and be properly, um, uh, schooled by the God system. His system is the church, the fivefold ministry gifts. Amen. Not just anybody up in the pulpit, but the fivefold. Amen. 
Those are his legitimate ministers. And so until God called me to ministry, that's where I was. After that, I was in ministry. Amen. So we, we do our thing here. And so God then wants us to be taught and schooled by the Holy Spirit at all times. But you need to know that the Holy Spirit is more than your teacher. He is the power of God. Amen. He is the finger of God. Amen. That's that's how God does things. That's how things are pulled together. It's by the finger of God, by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, Jesus said, um, he said, if he talked to the Pharisees, he says, if I by the finger of God cast out a demon, then the kingdom of God has come to you. Well, what is the finger of God? It's the Holy Ghost. It's It's the demonstrated power of God by his spirit. So the Holy Spirit is the manifester. Amen. He is the one that makes it real, makes it tangible. He pulls it into the place where you need it to be. So he's your friend. Amen. Amen. So I made a list of several things that the resurrection power and life of God does. And, and, and 10 things I listed. There are many more. But one thing that this power does, it is overcomes the world. Amen. Overcoming power. It overcomes everything that opposes it. So the Holy Spirit is not afraid of a diagnosis. He's not afraid of uh, job loss. He's not afraid of uh, somebody being locked up and in prison. He's not afraid of anything. He's not afraid of crazy people. Amen. <laughs> he lives in some of them. <laughs> He lived in me. You got it? Hey. He ain't scared of nothing and nobody no time. I like that. He manifests the kingdom through the word. He makes it come to life. So he's the one who jump starts and jolts life into everything. He snuffs out disease. And implants new life. So resurrection power is also a new life. It's a new life force that we've never had before. Yet he is compatible with us at all times. Isn't that amazing? Where he could just take over. Amen. And get in control. He waits until we use our faith. He waits until. We, he, we ask the Father. He waits until, but he is the agent of power. Don't ever underestimate that he can live compatibly with everybody and yet don't think he's a wimp because he lives inside you and you go and do all kind of crazy stuff anyhow. He trying to nudge you and say, come on girl, don't, uh, don't, uh, uh, and you do it anyway. And he doesn't walk out on you or leave you. Huh? This is true. It's the true. It's a love you don't even understand. I don't understand it. But we we can embrace it and receive it. Amen. It recreates. He recreates. This power recreates. This power also regenerates. 
It perfects and matures us. Demonstrates the will of God. Performs miracles. Heals. Casts out devils. Sets free. It is the manifested power of God to do good. Amen. Always do good. The Bible says that that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power and went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Because God was with him. And that's what you and I do. We go about doing good. Praying for sick people is good. Amen. You know, if it weren't good, they wouldn't go to the doctor. Everybody goes to the doctor. Amen. So healing is a good thing. Amen. And so when when God's power is manifest, it changes everything to conform to the plan of God, to the will of God, to the word of God. Amen. So now how do we get this power to work to heal us? Amen. If you go to Proverbs 4, it gives you an understanding of how the spirit and the word work to affect the healing and a cure. People always need God. They always need healing. You know, many people, uh, you hear some of the older evangelists uh, preach things and they'll say things like, healing is the dinner bell to call people to salvation. You know, that's why many times people don't want to get saved or they don't respond to an altar call because it's like, well, what is this going to do for me? You know, when Jesus met people, he met their need. He always touched their need first. And then they followed him. So he wasn't afraid to solve a problem for somebody or you know how sometimes our minds we get real conniving and stuff like that. Well, if I if I pray for so many sick people and they don't get saved, what? Well, God'll take care of that. You're not here to manipulate people into what you call salvation. Amen. That's just an excuse for people not studying the word and, and letting God empower them to do what they're supposed to do. We'd rather talk people to death and hope they're saved. We got whole warehouses. I don't call them churches. I call them warehouses. So, so dislike me for that. <laughs> I don't care. I say people just pinned up there. You think them 10,000 people in the church, 20,000 people saved? And most of them never showed up in church. They showed up once and got their name on the roll. And then the pastor there can brag about he got 20,000 members. How many are saved? I'm not talking about membership. God is not counting membership. He's counting people that have confessed Christ and belong to him. That's what he wants. Sometimes they can't get saved on what these people preach. You come in there and you family's all messed up and got kids on drugs and then somebody talking and telling old stale preacher jokes and 
selling books. Yeah, I said it. So what? I sell books, too. But God tells me to write mine. (laughs) And I'll sell them to you twice. (laughs) I don't care if you got one already. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But get people born again. What's wrong with getting them born again and then letting them join your church? And see, people who do manifest the power of God, then they have to be looked at as oddities. Or people nobody wants to be around. Ooh, you get around her. You're supposed to. (laughs) Oh, let me read another scripture. It's all right. Hey, we all got to have something to do. Can't do nothing but make demons tremble. They showing their faith. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So the way we direct this power against sickness and disease is through the word. Amen. Proverbs 4 Verse 20 starts there. It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my sayings. This is the interesting thing about the Holy Spirit. He will always direct you to the word. He connects with the word and the word only. He don't connect with a lot of sayings and, you know, interesting thoughts and all that kind of stuff. He connects with the word. He says, attend, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life. That's what you want. You want the dunamis life, the resurrection life, the Zoe life of God. There are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. So, that that word health is also translated medicine. And this medicine of the word is is words on paper until resurrection life and power gets involved. So as you read the word of God, the Holy Spirit who dwells in you picks up that life off the page and imparts it to you. Amen. As you hear the word. The Holy Spirit inside of you picks up that hearing in your ear and imparts it to you. So we got more stuff inside us than we know. We've got more inside us often than we use. Because we're not aware how to put it all together sometimes. But God's teaching us, amen. That's what these these that's why we're here today, to know how to put it all together. So that when you walk out and you walk into people and you, you, you're around people, you'll understand when that unction is moving you towards somebody who needs help. They need God's help. And so this is why we pray. This is why we study. This is why we do what we do. And also that word is medicine in, in, to you, to your body. So when you hear the word, when you meditate on the word, that that dunamis that's already residing in you begins to take that word and distribute it 
to every part of your body that needs it. Amen. You you don't necessarily have to keep saying, God, heal my this or heal whatever is ailing. You, you understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is intelligent enough to know that's where the need is. Amen. And so when we when we start to meditate on the word, it's like giving that word through your ears to the Holy Spirit inside of you. And meditation really means to agitate something in your mind, to mull it over, to chew it over. Amen. To to digest it, hopefully. And then it can disperse to every part of your body. So it's important to grab that word and spend some time with it. Amen. When when the when that proverb says pay attention, that means time. Amen. It doesn't mean uh these ten minute with a ten minute Bible or ten minutes with Jesus. No, he lives in me. I'd rather just spend more time with him than reading your little crazy stuff. You know, people who write that stuff must not know much about God. You mean somebody living with you all the time and you only give him 10 minutes? My husband would, well, I ain't going to say that he's, he's in, I ain't going he's up in heaven. He can't defend himself, so I ain't going to say too much. But that brother would have put me out on the back porch until I got some sense how to live with somebody. And it's the same thing with God. You have to, now, I didn't really literally mean that. Everybody holding their breath. You ain't. Y'all ought to quit. Y'all know that man was scared of me. <laughs> okay. I'm done. But y'all wake up, okay? Just cut this out. Amen. No, he wasn't. We didn't play them games. We didn't. We first married, but we found the Lord. Amen. I think I'm going to go just go on to the next place. Amen. But we're to keep that word in our hearts. Why? Because you can easily lose sight of what the word tells you. Just focusing on other things uh, and not bad things. I mean, things that keep you busy can, can cause you to depart from the word. There's so many people that quit on God. Why? Because they quit on the word. They quit hiding the word in their heart. They quit taking it as something value, of value. Sometimes when you hear something a lot, you ever notice that when somebody reads a scripture that's real familiar to you? Your attention will go, it'll be something in you that doesn't really say it, but it acts like, oh, we didn't heard this before. And you kind of turn your ears down instead of perking them up. Amen. You know, we need to say, man, I didn't heard this so many times, but it's coming at me again. I must need to pay attention this time. Amen. And and to treat the word of God differently, to treat it like it's really life giving and 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 important in your life. Amen. So so when we understand how how the Holy Spirit and the word can abide in us. And then if we don't make a conscious decision to to cooperate with that and let the word make an impact, it will just be there not doing very much for us. Amen. 
So we have to make the decision to take this word seriously, to take it as our very life, to consider it to be as precious because it is precious. But sometimes if you get too familiar with something, you'll take it for granted, like it's always going to be there. And, and, you know, like sometimes if you if you are accustomed to just confessing over minor ailments or you get a pain or something like that and it leaves right away, we'll get the impression that healing is something real easy and that it doesn't. And then you get somewhere and this this one don't move that quick. Then you're stumped. Then you're wondering, why doesn't it move real fast like they always move real fast? And why doesn't this happen like this? And it usually happens like this. It's because we need to do this. Give it our full attention. Pay full attention to the word. Treat it like it's something precious and something. And then once the Holy Spirit knows that he's got your attention, then he can begin to um, uh, manifest in a greater way what you need in your life. It's the same thing with anything you need from, from the word of God. If you need an opportunity, if you need favor, if you need blessing, whatever it is that you need, when you begin to meditate on the word, you got to go to the word with the Holy Spirit. That's what he needs you to bring him to. You need to bring the word and the spirit together, and then you can depend on that Holy Ghost collision to manifest what it is that you need. He will begin to set things off for you. He'll begin to fire things out that you need. He'll begin to put you in places where people expect you to come there and they want to do something good for you. That's what the word and the spirit do when they come together. He begins to manifest the favor of God, the blessing of God, the truth of God. He will begin to clear up cloudy areas in our lives things that we don't understand he'll bring understanding amen the bible says the word of god brings light and brings understanding even to the simple i mean to, to people who aren't well educated not well groomed not well anything but people who are of simple understanding he knows how to break it down to us so that we can understand it and we can put it to use in our lives This is all about being able to harness that power and unleash it where it needs to be unleashed in your life. If there's one thing we need, we need power. We don't need another dead service and another dead sermon and, and, you know, dance around the room, wear out the carpet a little bit more. We need power and need to know how to use it. Amen. The Holy Spirit will not backfire on you. His fruit in your life will be good. There's no reason to be afraid of the power of God. Amen. You know, a lot of times when we first come into the things of God and, and the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, people are scared. Wow, what is this? You know, as though, listen, you trust God to save you. You mean more of God is going to do you, do you harm? Amen. But what most people are afraid of is the unknown. And so they will be afraid to release themselves, just like you and I. We don't know what the next step in God is, and we don't even know if we want to take it sometimes, but we know we got to take it. That's why many times your blessings over here will dry up and you get forced to move out into more of God. 
Amen. It's just it it when it's out, it's out. You gotta move and go somewhere. Amen. Amen. Just like the lepers, you know, in Samaria say, Why sit we here until we die? This is is the same experience we get. You know, if you could be blessed at the level you're at, you'd have it already. But God has to push everybody to a new level because he wants to invest more in us because we're capable of more. He wants a return on his investment, which means he wants us. He wants to teach us how to use the power of God to affect humanity for the good. Amen. So right now we're servants of God. Amen. And I don't care how people don't like that word for some reason. I don't know what where people get these ideas from. But I'm with David. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of many wicked. Amen. It's either it's either gatekeeper and be where God wants you to be. Or it's out in the world somewhere trying to aspire to. Some wealth transfer. I don't want to talk about that. Some people like that stuff. Me, myself, I want dunamis transfer. Amen. I want to see more people healed, saved, delivered, set free. Too much suffering humanity out here for us to be looking for money. God raised Jesus from the dead with his word. He will raise anything from the dead with his word. That resurrection power and life is on every word that we speak by the spirit, by unction of the spirit. His resurrection life and power are on every word that we speak. Never doubt That your words, your prayers are being effective. Never doubt that you're confessing the word is being effective. Because of who backs it up. See, you may not see total manifestation right away. But I'm telling you, God's working on something. And he works in the unseen realm. So we just have to trust that God is working. If if we've committed something to prayer. We have to, to, to believe that God heard that prayer and that he is working and that it will manifest in due season. See, there's a due season for everything. Just like you don't plant tomatoes on Wednesday and go out Friday looking for whole tomatoes on the vine. There's a due season for the ripening of that word and the ripening of that, that promise. And so in the meantime, what do we do? You don't sit there and watch your tomato plant. Huh? Well, to convict everybody. But what are we picking on God for? This show is taking long. I don't know what's taking so long. Huh? You know it's taking long so you don't get a chance to mess it up again. Huh? He's working in the unseen realm so you can't go in there. Now, God, don't do that. Now, put that back. I don't like that like that. Huh? We'd be right in there trying to direct everything. So he keeps it on a level where he has total control over it. So when it manifests, it'll come out exactly like he wants it to. Like his word says it's going to. 
this power is able to do exceedingly above what we ask or think. So why would we want to get get involved in, in how it works and when it works and when it comes forth? Amen. But we do it. And God forgives us. And it's good to keep up with things and, and know and be on time with God and all that kind of stuff. It's good to put him in remembrance of his promises and what he's got for you. But be more concerned about, God, what is my next step? What is my next move in, in causing this thing to happen? I just want to make sure that I've done everything. And when you've done all you knew to do, then you stand. Amen. And you stand and see what God will do. And he will take your words and he will cause them to manifest mightily by his power and by his spirit. Amen. So so when when the resurrection power first came into the earth, it came when Jesus was raised from the dead. Turn to Matthew chapter 27. Nobody had seen anything like this before, ever. Amen. So this was a new power that came into the earth at the time of Jesus' Jesus' um, death and resurrection. And it says, now from the sixth hour there was darkness, I'm sorry, verse 45, over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying my god my god why have you forsaken me now you need to understand that the reason he was forsaken or the father had to turn his back to him why because he took on the sin of the world god could not look on sin amen some of them that stood there when they heard that said this man calls from for elijah and straight away one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. The rest said, let be, let us see where Elijah will come and save him. So these people at his grave were mocking. Amen. He was ridiculed all the way to the grave. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn into from the top to the bottom supernaturally that that tent uh, that that um, coat or veil was at least 40 feet tall it says to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rock shook and the graves were open and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went to the holy city and appeared unto many. Could you imagine somebody who might have been praying or singing? I sure wish I could see Amy again. <laughs> Boom. Huh? <laughs> I would mess somebody. I know that messed a lot of people up. Amen. It says, now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus saw the earthquake, and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Now, you need to understand that the dunamis power, the resurrection power of God, 
convinces people that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. If we don't have that working in us, we cannot convince anybody to serve Jesus or to give their lives to him or or make him known to anybody. It's through the resurrection life and power that this is done. It manifests a reality of Christ to people that nothing else can. Amen. All of your, you know, trying to convince people and all of that, you just ask God to show them. Amen. Get God involved on on some of this stuff. You know, I mean, in a mighty way. It says, and many women that were uh, beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, among them Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Joseph, and I'm sorry, James and Joseph and, the, and Zebedee's children. Now, when when Jesus was raised from the dead, this power exploded everything it was like the creation trying to capture the creator not gonna work may i put this to you too that sickness it has the same effect of sickness on your body it explodes it out of your body amen has the same effect It'll do exactly the same thing it did here. It'll do everywhere it manifests. When Paul and Silas were in prison, you know, in a Roman jail, you didn't, you didn't, you know, you didn't lawyer up. In other words, you understand what I'm saying? It ain't like it is now where you call somebody and, and my daddy, he going to post bed. I'll be out of here. And, you know, whatever, whatever. You didn't do that. They chained you. You got chained to the guard. And if the guard, if, if, if the guard got in trouble, he'd kill himself before he'd let Caesar and them catch him. This was serious jail. You understand what I'm saying? And they were in the, the bottom of the jail. Well, if God's going to get you out of jail because you have something to do for him, if I recall when that, before that happened, Paul and Silas were on the way, we're to a prayer meeting, right? They were on their way somewhere for God. Do you know that if you're on your way somewhere for God, you will get there? God doesn't care what he got to do, what he got to blow up, what he got to tear up to get you out of there. He will get you out of there. So Paul and they weren't, you know, when Paul and Silas began to sing to God and they just continued to prayer meet. It just got moved to a different venue. Huh? <laughs> change of venue on the prayer meeting huh but they went on with what they were intending to do from the see don't let the things that the devil's threats and his don't let him turn you around from what you supposed know what you're supposed to be doing and when you're supposed to be doing it and don't let him turn you around huh you just maybe you just need a change of venue huh go someplace else but do what god told you to do The party ain't canceled just because you you can't get to where you're supposed to be. Your party is still on. (laughs) It's up to God to change the meeting place. (laughs) He wants you to have a prayer meeting in jail. You just have to get you arrested to do it. That's what he'll do. Huh? It's the truth. You know, they got a lot of people visiting prisoners in jail, but not them have the power. Huh? 
That's how they get in so easy and you can't get in there. Oh. Devil ain't gonna let nobody in there. They could cause a jailbreak. Are you kidding me? He see you, he see one of them empowered saints coming in there. He said, no, I done seen this before. I know how this ends. Huh? So at, they see at midnight, they began to sing praises to God and they prayed, had their prayer meeting in, in the prison shook. Shook them chains off everybody. Huh? Did, yeah, everybody. People seem to think, you know, oh, suppose they was a criminal. Suppose they was. They got out. <laughs> huh? You going to tell God he did something wrong? No, if he got to let everybody go free to get one of his kids out of there, that's what he'll do. Not the first time. It won't be the last time. Huh? <laughs> but that dunamis power that it demonstrates who God is sometimes God needs to show people you know it's like he said my children have been preaching and teaching and telling people I got to show them now see I, I have to demonstrate myself so they'll know I'm real amen and so then God was able to through resurrection power release his captive ministers from jail amen same thing with peter peter was jailed and they prayed for him while they were praying for him he shows up at the gate of the house where they're praying amen where else is he gonna go he's gonna go back to his own people well they were shocked they slammed the door in his face and walked away and didn't believe it was him now, how are you in there praying in faith and then God manifesting? And but see, that's the resurrection power of God. It stuns and shocks everybody. It's supposed to stun and shock. It's a showstopper. Amen. That's what God is. He's a show enough showstopper. So the graves were opened. Why? Because he was he was out. The the body goes with the head. So <laughs> could you imagine Jesus walking around Jerusalem, all these people walking around behind him. <laughs> they used to be dead. Now they glorified bodies, resurrection. I'm sure that town was jumping at that point. But that's what the dunamis power does. That's what the resurrection, it makes the place jumping. Amen. The talk of the town. The demons get on their little wire, you know, little little buzz thing to want to say mean things about you, want to, you know, discredit you or something like that. That's part of the dunamis power. Now, listen, if you in this in this uh, gospel to be liked and and all that stuff, you're in the wrong business. Amen. You're going to be hated because he was hated. The world will hate you. Demons will hate you. They will try to stop you. They will tell lies on you and try to discredit you. Amen. And so it comes with the territory. They'll put they put preachers in jail still. They're parts and it could happen here. We pray against it and we don't believe we believe God will be merciful here. 
But it can't get much worse than it is now. With the government telling you can't open your church. Well, who put Caesar in charge? I thought Jesus was the head of the church. In Acts chapter 4, let me turn there. Go down to verse 32. It says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did any of them say that any of the things that they possessed was his own. Uh, Resurrection power do that to people. It puts you it. It puts you in a state of blessedness, a state of bliss, a state of um, heightened peace with God, makes you generous. Amen. You never saw the apostles twisting anybody's arm for an offering or taking three and four in a row because the first one wasn't enough. You <laughs> they prayed for enough when they prayed. And what God brought in was what they used. Amen. They didn't raise they didn't raise offerings to go preach the gospel. Let me get one thing straight, folks. When you work for God, your work is a seed you sow. You preach the gospel first and then the money comes in. You hear these people talking about we need more money so we can. No, you go preach first. You know, don't insult God's intelligence like that. You hear people talking now about we need this wealth transfer so we can preach the gospel. My understanding is you just open your mouth and he fills it with words. You think God's limited by money? Don't insult God like that. You know, this. let me keep going here. He says they had all things in common. And this is what happened after they made that commitment. Nothing I, I own is mine. Not even your favorite dress. Not even your favorite shoes. See, the Holy Ghost, listen, resurrection power in life can do that to you. It'll make you so unaware and unconscious of the material realm that all you live for is more of God's power, more of his anointing. You live to see who's getting saved next. You need to see the next miracle. That's what you live for. Those people went to church every day. You can barely blast people out twice a week. Y'all know what I'm, am I right, Poppy? Come on now, bail me out back there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Goodness. 
<coughs> or if they go twice a week, they think they're supposed to run the church. They all spiritual and everything. Just a thought. I mean, you know, the religious are the most diligent. They show up all the time. They were at every meeting Jesus had. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. Praise God. So they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. The power, the resurrection power gives once it gives demonstration, that leaves a different uh, empowerment in people. It leaves a greater enablement in people, a grace upon people to do what? To go out and do the works of God, to go out and do what they just saw done, to go out and, and preach more of the gospel and to do everything. See, this power is such a convincer that when people even observe it, it influences them to want to get up and do the work. That's why the, the supernatural meetings often are so well attended. Where you see Benny Hinn having, they have to close the doors and turn people away. It's not all advertising, folks. God is pulling people because he's doing something. He's found a man who will allow him the freedom to demonstrate his power among all these people. And that's why the meetings are packed. Now, you can pack some out with, 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 you know, advertisement and all that kind of stuff, but they'll run from your place to some place where they can get help. You got me? And so when they began to allow the Holy Spirit, they gave witness, amen, to the things that, 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 that God had demonstrated for them in their prayer and in the word and their understanding. And in them pulling apart the scriptures that they had that they knew in their their understanding, their consecration, so that they could be full time available to God to do these things. It paid off greatly. See, when you pay the price in in study and the word and prayer, it pays off. Keep paying the price because God will show up on your words and demonstrate in ways you have no idea what he wants to do amen he'll put you in places you never thought you would be before and represent him and so this grace fell upon everybody they didn't have select groups of people that they put over here to do this and you can't do this because so-and-so's doing that everybody could go out and preach everybody could lay hands on the sick everybody could pray for the sick Everybody could tell somebody to take a prayer cloth so that they could put it on their body and God's power would heal them. Amen. We've had tremendous results just with that method. And I thank God for it because that somehow right now that's one of the only ways that people are receiving the ministry of healing is long distance through a prayer cloth. Who would have thought it that you couldn't get a meeting going where you can lay hands on people? See, there are a lot of churches that can open up, but they preach only. They don't have an altar call. Amen. You had to get in a state where they allow you to unmask or they allow you to touch people and so forth in your services or you don't have one. And so God 
prepares you ahead of time for everything. He knew this day was coming and he made total preparation for it with his ministers and with his church. So Jesus appeared to many after he was raised from the dead. This power is is exceedingly rich in the grace of God. Exceedingly rich. <clears throat> That's how sinners can come into a healing meeting and get healed. Because the grace of God is rich to them. Amen. It's just not for the saints. We we as saints can avail ourselves of it by faith. But sinners can also come in because this dunamis power goes right to the heart of their problems with the compassion of God. In Ephesians 2, it talks about that. It says here, verse 1, let me see. Oh, verse 4, we'll do that. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you are saved, and has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we are in an elevated place in the earth. We are actually not in the earth, but we are in heaven as well. We are seated with Christ And we dwell in a place that is above all negative powers and negative forces of the earth. So we have no reason to fear cancer. We have no reason to fear sickness. We have no reason to fear uh, somebody who's threatened us or, or somebody who wants to sue us or take something from us. We have no reason to fear any of that because we are seated in Christ far above All principality and power. You don't have to fear telling a devil to leave somebody that he might retaliate against you and fight you and all this kind of stuff. Just use your authority. Amen. And make sure God is with you. Amen. And those things will bow. They have to bow. Amen. You know, you don't have to wrestle with devils. You don't have to have them barfing and coughing and all that kind of crazy stuff. Amen. You can make them behave. We don't put up with that stuff at our meetings. You know, we just don't do it. You know, I told the Lord a long time ago, I said, God, if I have full authority over the devil, I said, I'm telling him right now, you don't show out. When you get cast out, you leave the same way you came in, go out the same door you came in. You don't show out in front of anybody. You don't try to get a lot of attention for nothing. And he's done it. I command him to come out in a meek and orderly fashion and get out of that person. You don't throw him on the ground. You don't make him throw up. Any of that stuff. You don't let the devil take over a meeting, get more attention than the Holy Ghost does. You know, if you got a decent meeting, the Holy Ghost is front and center stage. Why are you going to let the devil cut up and take the attention away from him? And so when you have authority, use authority. You don't ever have to be afraid of anything. Amen. Just, you know, if God tells you to touch that person, touch them. But if he don't tell you to touch them, just speak to that thing and make it leave. And it's got to leave. They're a little slow about leaving. Amen. Just like your kids was when you told them to go sweep the floor. They didn't jump up and do nothing. They're a little slow about it, right? Well, that lazy devil had a hold of them. (laughs) Amen. But you stood firm. 
And then they started obeying, right? It's the same thing in the ministry of casting out devils. You got to stand firm on what God has told you to do. So this power that raised him from the dead will raise you from every dead situation. Anything that's not producing in your life, you put the power of the Holy Spirit on it. Amen. You put that power in there and that power will do the work. So it gives us all power. Amen. The Bible says Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all power in heaven on earth has been given unto me. And he said, and I give you power over all the works of darkness. So we have a power that has power over every power. There's no power greater than the resurrection life and power of the Holy Spirit. And you need to start operating in a fashion where you know that sickness must leave. I don't care how long it's been around. You have to operate in a fashion with an authority and a confidence that you know it will leave. Amen. It's got to leave because this power that resides in you and resides in me is the greatest power in the world. It raised up the creator of the universe from the dead. When the devil thought he had him and had him cornered and had him under wraps, Jesus came down into hell in the devil's domain very much alive. Amen. God, he had committed his spirit to the father and the father raised him from the dead. Amen. Now people debate that if he got down there in some other condition, it wasn't but for a minute. Amen. Because he led captivity captive. So I think he came down there and busted the, the hinges off the gates and pulled everybody out, began to preach to those that he needed. He needed to separate out the the condemned from the ones of saints that had died in in faith, believing for him. You know, the, the Bible says that that Hades was right near paradise. They could see each other. Amen. And so Jesus came in to the biggest gate down there and ripped it off. Resurrection, life, and power. Amen. This was a greater power than Samson had. Remember Samson, if he they locked him in the city, he just took the gates off of it and walked out of there. This was an allusion to that. So Jesus had the biggest power known to humanity. It's a power that's so powerful, it drives cancer out in the blink of an eye. It will form new organs before you can even remove your hands from laying hands on somebody. People quickened and brought to life. There was a, somebody said there was somebody who was overseas somewhere. There were a bunch of students there. Oh, I know it was a, um, Henry Groover had, this is how he got healed. He, finally made it to the meeting where he was preaching. There were some students there that had been on a missionary trip. Uh, I think it was at Patricia King, somebody like that, who's always over demonstrating the power of God. And there was a man who had been dead four days. And God told them to pray for that man. He would raise him up from the dead. And maggots had started eating him. She told them, she said, don't open your eyes. And don't notice the smell if you can, because it's going to be the worst smell and the worst look you've ever seen. 
But those students watched. They said, if God's going to do something, I want to see it. Amen. And they they saw flesh come back on a body. They saw maggots drop off, organs be recreated where they were being destroyed and eaten up. They saw the whole thing. And Henry was told before he got to that meeting, he had 11 days to live. He believed he was healed and he kept going and he kept preaching. He said, I refuse to die for cancer. And when he got to that meeting, God showed up and those students and, and the, the pastor told Henry, he said, Henry, this is your time. He said, God's going to heal you. He said, I want anybody in here that believes. He said, I don't want people up here guessing and I don't want people in unbelief. But if you believe in the resurrection power of God, come up here and pray. Well, those students were back there. They just seen a man recreated before their eyes. Amen. So cancer was nothing for them. And Henry said when he stood up, he said every cancer left his body and he was made perfectly whole in an instant. See, if it raised Jesus from the dead, it will raise up everything that has death on it. Anything that's not producing in your life, anything that's not as alive as God wants it to be. God will use his power to raise that up off of you and get you into life, resurrection life and resurrection power that you have no idea what what it can do until you start to step into it and believe God. Start releasing the word from your mouth. Start expecting God. By his stripes, I am healed. I'm healed now. Amen. And expect the now to manifest. Now will manifest if we expect it now. Our problem is if we don't see it now. There's a difference between expecting and seeing. You expect with your heart. You don't expect with your eyes. Huh? Why we keep looking so hard? We ain't got it right yet. Uh-huh. You expect with your heart. You don't expect with your eyes. That's why we don't see it yet. We're trying to see before we really expect. You got to get an expectation and stay in expectation. You know what we do? We expect until we see something we don't want to see. You still eyeballing everything. When Jesus said you got to believe first and then you'll see. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Not if you eyeball first and I'll show you something. He wants believers out here. He wants people who can dwell with him in his realm, in the realm of the invisible. Just stay there and dwell there and don't come out. You, you'll be able to see everything once he, he lets you see it manifest. But until then, just stay in the unseen with God. Just deal with him in the unseen realm. See, that's where all the information is. That's where all the blessing is. That's where all the glory is in the unseen. But see, we're so busy trying to see if God's if God's going to do something. Your eyeballs are the biggest perpetrators of doubt. Huh? Seriously. I mean, they'll they'll keep you in doubt because you keep wanting to see something. 
I keep looking at poor little Coco and the Coco's trying to look at me and say, well, you realize I'm healed, lady? You understand what I'm saying? God already restored her coat was shedding and everything, you know, and he restored that. And it's like, Barb, quit looking. But I keep peeking every now and then. Start expecting, Barb. Quit looking for everything. Quit cheating and trying to see it before you really believe. Amen. I'm as guilty as anybody. That's why I can tell you the truth about it. Amen. Because we all want to see some. We don't want to pay the price of living in faith and living in, in total darkness of what's going to manifest. Amen. But every now and then, God wants to have a surprise birthday party. He wants to surprise you with a manifestation that you didn't even know was coming. He wants to do you like Peter did them people at the gate. I know that angel probably was cracking up. They got Peter out of jail and brought him to the gate. Amen. He probably said, man, wait till they get a load of this because I know for a fact ain't nobody in there expecting this one. So Peter didn't come out by the saints' expectation. Huh? He came out by the mercy of God. See, God will blow your head off with what he does sometimes if you let him. And if I'd let him, Peter came out of there by the will of God, by the mercy of God. I'm glad the saints prayed. They were all in agreement to get him out of there. You got to do that. But God was going to get Peter out of there anyway. It was not his hour. Huh? See, your prayers are for you to get what you want. God gets what he wants anyhow. Because he got all by himself. His resurrection life and power make him God all by himself. He don't need our permission to do anything. Amen. To a degree, he needs our prayers, but God is sovereign every day. He can touch anybody, anytime, give him anything he wants to give him. You know, we constantly looking at stuff. Well, I don't know. They ain't living right. You ain't either. You trying. Huh? It's the truth. What's living right anyway? We're all living by mercy. Hoping God didn't find out the last thing we messed up. Huh? It's true. So we all in the same boat, honey. You can't fault that, that guy for getting up out of jail. He got up when it was his time. It was Peter's time to come out. Just like it's your time to come out. When it's your time, it's your time. Just call time on the devil and declare it your time. God, it's my time. It's my time, God. It's my time. I declare it my time. It's my time. The devil's had enough time. It's my time now. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word and thank you for understanding that comes with your word. Thank you, Lord, for Holy Ghost dunamis power, life and power, life and power, life and power that are in your word. Thank you that your power always brings life. Thank you, Lord, it always releases life. I thank you, life, God, for the resurrection, life, and power that dwells in the heart of each believer. Father, help us to learn how to release it, to do good, to heal all the oppressed of the devil, because you are certainly with us. And we want you with us at all times of demonstration 
and power of your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we bless you. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Anybody wants prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you if you want to come up to the altar. We'll do that. And we'll do our declaration before we leave. Praise God.
Everybody in here need, that needed prayer got prayer? Alright. We'll go back to the camera. Praise God. Praise God. Resurrection, life, and power coming at you in the name of Jesus. Receive the resurrection power of God in the name of Jesus. Raise yourself up from a poverty, from sickness. From lack of opportunity, from missed opportunity, from misdirection and misguidance, it will raise you up in every situation. In the name of Jesus, just receive it. Amen. Praise God. good up in here? Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. He, he comforts us, kicks the devil out of our lives, helps us with so many things, gives you wisdom beyond your ability. Everything that we need is in this resurrection life and power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I thank God for it. I'm going to pray over these uh, pillows when we're done. Uh, Pastor Shirley, I'll probably just get you to help me with Ms. Nola if you can, unless you got to go out there. We'll, yeah, we'll get a little bit of help and get them all done. All right, while we do our declaration, I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Jesus. By your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. 